how did I get here? What led to this? Who is this person? Is everybody staring? These all would have been great questions uh, if, if the moment I was in wasn't so powerfully overwhelming my ability to even ask questions. I was standing in the, in the front foyer uh, lobby area of a building called The Hub, the student center at the University of Washington. Uh, it had been up until that moment in a remarkably ordinary day. I set up the, the book table, the information table for the Chi Alpha Campus Ministry Group I was working with, had everything ready to go. I had drawn the, uh, the cartoon uh, on our dry erase board that had the question of the day on there and was eagerly awaiting for the normal group of students to come by, ask their questions, argue a little bit, maybe just chat. And there was a gal who had stopped by the table uh, before. Uh, she was tall, but that describes most people for me. Uh, she was uh, a business and finance major, kind of looked like Uma Thurman, uh, but today she was walking with a different sort of gait pattern. She was walking with a purpose, kind of aggressive, and I knew something was up. She stopped by the table and told us that uh, the following day she was going to have a follow-up doctor's appointment because they had found a cancerous tumor in her throat. And I remember looking at the table and thinking, well, I don't have any books here for that. And then the question of the day didn't seem to do much for that either. And so I just said, uh, could, could we pray for you, like right now? She said, absolutely. So we were standing across from the table each other, from each, each other and in good sort of uh, Christian habit, I, I closed my eyes and put my right hand kind of out in her direction, uh, signaling to her that I was praying for her, because that's what, that's what we do. And I had gotten about 10 or 15 words into my prayer, sort of did my, uh, my kind of obligatory thank you to God. Um, and with my eyes closed, I felt someone grab my wrist. And so I quickly opened my eyes, and she had grabbed my wrist. And then she continued to pull my hand up to her throat, and she said, This is my throat. The tumor is here. <laughs> Which brings me to the opening questions. How did I get here? What's happening? Are people staring? Um, because I was in the middle again of a very busy area of campus, reaching across a table where sometimes people get into heated arguments with my hand on a woman's throat. I uh, said a quick prayer. Jesus, get rid of this tumor. I pray that when the doctors look tomorrow, they don't find anything. Amen. Hand off throat. Uh, she said thanks. She quickly left. Uh, to go to class, which left me and the student who was there with me that day kind of sitting there hoping that we weren't going to see security running towards us. Um, but the next week she came back and said, hey, I just want to let you know I had a bunch of people praying for me. You were one of them, and I remember I put your hand on my throat. I was like, I remember that too. Um, but she said, and the doctors didn't find anything, right? This thing that had been here, and now it was gone. And she said, I'm just going around thanking everyone and thanking God. For, for doing something amazing. You please join me as I pray. God, I give you great thanks this morning. For you are the healer. God, and, and we just come before you as your children. We want to know you. We want to engage with you. And it's mysterious and scary and, and all kinds of stuff. And joyful and difficult. And ah, I pray you just be with us sing all kinds of songs and we read in your word about you being a good father and a 
hover, and so we just want to know you. So, so we ask you to help us to do that, Holy Spirit. You come and tune our hearts and minds to be able to engage with you today, God. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. Welcome to One Life Community Church. My name is Greg. I'm one of the co-lead pastors here. Uh, and that story will, will give you some indication of where we're going today in just a moment. But I want to let you know we're in week five of our Lenten series entitled The Jesus Table, where we've been taking some time to look at moments from the Gospels where Jesus was sitting at a table and eating with some people. And how did Jesus interact with people in those moments? And, uh, and what that tells us not only about who Jesus is, but also about what the kingdom of God is like and how that can influence where we're headed as we follow Jesus. And we've been doing it in the context of Lent. We've talked about Lent being this season. It's kind of the springtime of the church where it's, it's this great period of growth and it's likened to a seed being in the ground. And as that seed sort of starts to break and change and, you know, move its way up through the dirt to break into the light, to move through this time, and then that light, that new life comes with resurrection at Easter. And so this is that time uh, where we're in that kind of underground uh, time. And this morning, we're going to be doing some things a bit differently because we're not going to spend a ton of time in this sort of setting where I'm talking and you're listening. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of that and then move into some practical application and it centers around this time, I heard uh, this guy named Eugene Peterson, he was a professor up at uh, Regent Seminary up in Canada, and he was teaching a class on Jesus and prayer. And one of the things he said right at the beginning was, this is actually kind of ridiculous and nonsense that we're doing this, that, that I'm having this class where we're going to come for a semester and gather together to learn about prayer by talking about prayer, right? We should be taking that time to just pray, right? And so, so he, he did that. Because one of the things he discovered looking at Jesus in the Gospels is that uh, if we believe that, that prayer is talking with God, then he said, anytime someone talks with Jesus, that's prayer. And he said, what I find when I look at it that way is this vast and wide expanse of what's available to us in terms of how we talk with God, how we interact with God. We look at how many different people interacted with Jesus and in different ways, in different situations, with different tones of voice. Even the devil at one point, Eugene Peterson says, enters into prayer. And so it casts this really wide net for what's available and how we can pray. But it also invited us to, to not just spend time talking about prayer, but to actually pray. And so uh, this morning, we are going to be talking about um, healing prayer, prayer through healing. And then we're going to take some time and actually pray for healing, both individually people who want to come up and be prayed for, and then we'll have uh, everyone else breaking into small groups, and we'll have some things for everyone uh, to pray for. But I want to start just by saying we see examples of Jesus healing all throughout the Gospels in different kinds of settings, in different environments, different times. Uh, the one we're going to look at this morning uh, ties into our Lenten theme. It's around a table. Uh, this is from Luke 14, 1 through 6. If you have your Bible, you can look it up there or it'll be on the screen behind me. And you can follow along there as I read. This is Luke 14, 1 through 6. It says, one Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. And Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts of the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. And so taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. Then he asked them, if one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? And they had nothing to say. So we have Jesus at a prominent Pharisee's home eating. 
And he's under a microscope because it's not just any dinner party. This is the Sabbath, the holy day set aside by God. And if we look uh, specifically in Exodus 31, 12 through 17, if you want to write that down, Exodus 31, 12 through 17, and go check it out, you will find that the breaking of the Sabbath, according to Jewish law, is punishable by death. And so the Pharisees are really curious about what Jesus does on the Sabbath. They're always kind of like, what is he doing? Let's, let's watch what he does. And they're always trying to question him about the Sabbath, trying to hope that they can kind of get him in trouble uh, by, by having him mess up on the Sabbath. And so um, Jesus, knowing all this, asked them, so is this going to be cool for me to heal this guy today or not? And they don't say anything. So Jesus grabs the guy and heals him. And, and again, I want to bring this into the context. This is around the table, right? This is as he says he was there eating. He's present there with these Pharisees, and they're knowing, they're watching him on the Sabbath, and he decides, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And one of the things I want to point out is we've been talking about the Jesus table. Everyone's welcome. And so you have the Pharisees there, but in front of Jesus, there's this guy who's obviously very sick, and he's present there, and Jesus is saying, yep, I can do this from the table. It's all happening there, and everyone's welcome. This sick guy is, is welcome to be here. Um, but the thing I want to point out, just a side note, is that um, we often have this idea of the, the Jesus table is like Jesus kind of sitting there, already there, and people coming to Jesus. And, and that's a really viable option. There are certainly people who do that. Uh, but I want to point out that th there's a subtle difference between that and Jesus going to someone else's table. Jesus going and being present, invited to someone else's house, and then people discovering him there. That it's not just this idea, we have this expectation that Jesus is sitting there behind this table and usually very static, maybe his hands like this, head tipped to the side a little bit, uh, and, he's, and everyone's just going to come and flock to him. I think the picture we see in scripture though is that Jesus going to tables, right? Jesus going and he gets invited to other people's houses, maybe sometimes he just shows up there uninvited, right? But Jesus, I want us to remember that, that, that both Jesus and us is the body of Christ, we can't just always sit and wait for people, right? There, there has to be some movement on our part because I think that's the way that Jesus did it. Uh, although if someone approaches you, that's an open option too. That's just a side note. So again, we see Jesus healing all throughout the Gospels. God heals in the Old Testament. Uh, the early church, we read it in the scripture, people were healed in early church history. Uh, people were healed and many of us have had experiences with healing. But then why is it so troubling and just feels weird and gets all confusing and tense when we are like, okay, I'm going to pray for someone to be healed. And we're like, please, God, just heal this person. And so many times we've prayed and it hasn't happened. Uh, and we have this weird mentality about we're kind of fixing someone. But that's not really what it's about. So I want to spend just a few minutes, a couple ideas uh, about healing prayer before we, uh, we actually start praying. And, and the first is that... Um, we often see healing as like an event or like a sports game or something where we're kind of winning or succeeding or failing. Um, but uh, when we are praying for someone to be healed, um, it's not an event. Uh, it's not that we're asking for just this instantaneous fix. What we're asking is for the healer to come. The healer to come into the individual's person, their story, and start to breathe healing into his or her situation. And it's not, uh, when the emphasis is on the healer, then it's, it's up to the healer, right, to, to know when it's time to heal and how to heal. When I go to a doctor, I interact with the doctor, I tell them, here's what I notice is going on, and then I say, what do you think, right? Why don't you 
make the diagnosis and you put me on a treatment plan and I'm trusting you to do those things. I think one of the things that really gets us when we're praying for healing is we think it's up to us. We put the emphasis on us, like, if I pray really loudly and for a really long time, or if I, if I kneel, or maybe I'll try this. And, I, and I'm totally up for really trying. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. I think it's, it's awesome if our heart's really into it. Excuse me. But when we rely on that to happen, instead of letting God do it, it's like giving ourselves a self-diagnosis and trying to do our own treatment in an area where we may have no idea what's really going on. When I uh, worked uh, as a... As a PTA is like a physical therapy assistant at this PT clinic in Pullman. One of the things I noticed all the time is we had a guy there who was really well known for, for, for working with people's feet. He would make some casts. He was really good at it for casting people's feet for orthotics. And time after time, people would come in with back pain and uh, he would immediately say, well, let's get you on the treadmill and, da -da -da, and let's check your gait pattern. I want to cast your feet. And they'd be like, why? I need you to work on my back. Did you not hear me? It's written pretty big on their back pain, right? I need you to focus on my back. And they'd say, yeah, I know, but the problem is in your feet. I mean, after he had diagnosed it, problems in your feet. We've got to work on your feet. got to correct. you got a leg-leg difference. you got this, that. You got So we got to work that out. And nobody believed him. Okay, fine, but are you going to put that stuff on my back? Are you going to help my back? Yeah, no, I'm helping your back by working on your feet, right? We have symptoms and things going on that we may not actually know what the root cause is or what kind of healing actually needs to take place. And so the question is, when we come to God, whether it's physical healing, healing in a relationship, internal emotional healing, spiritual healing, we may not actually know what needs to be healed. We can describe the symptoms, we can approach God, but do we trust God? Do we trust Jesus to come in and say, yeah, I know exactly what's going on, and I know exactly how and when it will be best to heal this, and in what way? When the emphasis is on the healer, and letting the healer do the work, it, it comes off as a more natural thing that doesn't create this odd kind of mystical expectation while we wait to see if the person we're praying for feels something different. Verlin Fosner says this, praying for the healer to show up is a far greater prayer than asking for a healing. Healing is situational, but walking beside the healer has a multitude of ongoing impacts in our lives and those we are praying for. So that's the first thing I want us to know, that, that healing, it's not, it's not an event, it's not a game, it's not a competition, it's not something where we succeed or fail, right? If we're praying for healing, if we're asking the healer to come and be present, the only thing that can happen is, is, is it'll happen, that Jesus is present, and then we leave it up to Jesus for how he's going to proceed with that. The second thing is that um, we just don't really know even how to do this. Because we don't practice it very often. Now, we uh, here at, at One Life, we have prayer teams up front, and it's a consistent practice that we have. You hear Brian or Jessica, whoever's leading worship, say it every time. We have these practices that we do every week. People up here to pray for, and you can bring all your stuff up and be prayed for. And that's absolutely true. And, and our hope is that as, as you see that happening, then you can go out and do the same, right? Or you can come up and experience that, and then you, you learn about that. But in general, the church doesn't offer many places to pray for healing, to, to practice this. Um, and we certainly don't often feel comfortable uh, at our workplace just saying to someone, hey, I want to pray for you to be healed, right? Because you might run into someone who's going to grab your hand and put it on their throat, right? And, and, and that's just, that actually turned out pretty well. Lots of times it doesn't feel like it turns out very well. So what I want to do this morning is give us some space to practice, but not just in the sense of practicing for like, 
you know, when you practice a sport, you have sports practice, that's for the, for the game. Like you improve here to get ready for the game there. Our practice is, is the game, right? When we practice here, it's not just a practice. It impacts lives. And so we're, we're practicing and, and participating at the same time. And so what we're going to do in just a, a few minutes uh, is we're going to have four teams of people up front here to pray for anyone who wants healing in any kind of way. Could be physical, could be spiritual, could be a relationship that you want healed, but we will have people up here uh, to pray for you. Uh, and Brian, you can go ahead and come on up. Brian, in just a minute, is going to be playing some music that will kind of help this to happen, give some kind of background, uh, background noise. Uh, now, for those of you who aren't coming up to be prayed for, um, we're going to break into groups of four to six, and so you can move chairs, turn chairs, however you want. It doesn't have to stay the same. You can make space wherever you want. And I'm going to have some things up on the screen. I'll just put those up now uh, for you to pray for. Um, and there are different areas. There's our home and families, our spaces, which is kind of neighborhoods, cities, workplace, um, school. There's the church, the big church, you know, worldwide church, and then there's specifically at One Life. And then there's our cities, our nations, and our world. Um, and, and there are things in there, as you go to pray for those, you can read those more uh, thoroughly um, and, and probably correct my uh, spelling and grammar. It happens every time. Uh, but um, I, I want to I tell you, we come from a lot of different backgrounds, and, and you can pray about these things any way you want. But I am going to ask you to do something specific. Right at the beginning, say you're going to pray for... Uh, families. If there's something you want to share about, oh, my immediate family, I have this need. Okay, you can share that need, or when it comes time, you can all just start praying, and you can just pray for it. But what I want you to do, first of all, is just ask the healer to come and be present. And then just give it, even if it's like 30 seconds. Invite Jesus, invite the Holy Spirit to come and be present, and then let Jesus speak. Just the group of four or six of you there, just, just sit for a second. And then whatever's been on your mind, you know, then Jesus might start to speak something to you about, oh, here's, here's what I see in that, right? So, for example, in my extended family, I have two uncles who really need some physical healing, right? They have some stuff going on that's, that's, that's really difficult. And so I, I would, you know, say, Jesus, healer, I invite you to come and be present in, in this space and be present in my uncle's lives. And then just let it sit for a minute. Think about that. What is Jesus speaking to me all of a sudden about that? Right? Maybe I think, oh, well, it's really this, this neck issue. And Jesus might say, yeah, no, that's in there, but that's, I'll get to that. I, I, I invite you to pray for him in this way, right? And, and Jesus might lead us in a different direction, right? And so, and so does that kind of make sense? Okay, hopefully it does. Um, the other thing with all of these is, uh, and, and prayer team people, you can go ahead and come up too. Um, and we'll just be stationed two over here and two over here. Um, with all of these, I want to ask you to use your best judgment in what is important to share, both in, in the time if you're sharing, like, you know, even about my uncles, right? My uncles need physical healing. I could go into a lot more detail, or I might not, because some of you here might know my uncle, right? And some of you might not need to know that information. And so I want us to be very careful, and especially when we get to, like, our cities and nations and, and world, um, Please don't let the prayers turn into like a political battle, right? If there's issues you believe in and someone in your group believes in something different, right? Don't use this as a point to be like, and I pray that that happens to those people and that that political, right? 
let's not get in, use it as like battleground, okay? Um, if you find someone pray something that you're like, oh, I don't like that, right? Just, just ask God to bring healing, right? And, 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 and uh, you can pray in a, in a general way. So just be careful. Let's be respectful and uh, gracious in, in how we pray and share. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to take about 15, maybe 20 minutes, uh, and, and we're going to enter into a time of prayer. Brian's going to have some uh, music he's going to be playing, and then after about 15 or 20 minutes, he'll invite us to all sing. They'll have another song for us to sing, uh, and then we'll transition uh, and, and we'll close. I will, at the end, say a couple things uh, in closing. So, um, yeah. So let me pray as we get this all started, and then we'll, we'll move on from there. Dear God, we... Uh, give you this time and this space. Jesus, healer, we ask you to come and be present. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and, and tender hearts towards you. Holy Spirit, soften hearts where there's hardness. Invite us into, uh, into your presence, into your love and care and mercy and grace that we'll be able to see clearly how to pray for healing, for friends, our family, our cities, our neighborhoods, our world, whatever you may stir in us. So we ask you to do this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can go ahead and break up into groups of four or six. Remember, you can arrange the furniture however you need to do it. I'm going to take this off so you don't hear everything that I'm